0: as countries across the world compete for global dominance. World Championship Wrestling has accepted the challenge from New Japan Pro Wrestling in a best of seven battle for the World Cup of Professional Wrestling. Canadian Crippler Chris Benoit meets High Flying Jushin, Thunder, Liger, Guerrero against Otani. World TV champ Johnny B-Bad against Masasaido the Torture Master. We'll see Kanamoto against Wright. The Total Package Lex Luger faces Masa World Champ Savage against Tenzon, and Sting faces U.S. Champ Suzuki in an epic contest of global proportions at Star King 1995.
1: Hey, wrestling fans, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast. Before we dive into the show, Leith and I want to give you a chance to figure out where you can find us on social media. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. The at handle is at W-R-E-S-T-L-T-I-M-M-A-C-H. You can also just search the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Tumblr. If you want to be a part of the show and let us know what you're watching or what you think of a particular event we're about to watch, you can email the show at thewrestlingtimemachine at gmail.com. We will read your emails live on the show. You can also donate to the show. You can help support us at kofi.com. That's ko icom forward slash the wrestling time machine want to get some merch for your donation you can support the show by finding us on Tee Public under bobbyf07 it's all lowercase we have a couple shirts up there we always have more uh, coming up you can leave us a review on itunes if you want to help support the show for free that really helps us out that means more people see us and that means we get to have more cool guests on you can also check out the other shows that we do at nerdpickstrangerscom forward slash listen, including NerdPick Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. Leith, where can people find you on the internet?
2: You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both of those are now at Leith underscore Gray. That's L-I-A-T-H underscore G-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I have a... Uh, Silly toy blog, the dinosaur toy adventure on Instagram as well, dinosaur underscore toy underscore adventure. And if you are interested, and you search Leith Gray on Amazon, I have two short stories available at the moment, uh, Talia and Anna's Obsession. They're a dollar a piece, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: check those out. You can follow me on Twitter at Space King Bobby. You can also follow me on Tumblr at SpaceKingBobby's blog, SpaceKingComics, and I think with that, I think we can start the show. Welcome, wrestling community, to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bobby Fisher, and on the line with me, as always, is my faithful co-host, Leith Gray.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: Hello. We are coming to you in the midst of a pandemic, so hooray for that. Uh, I kind
2: of wish it was a bird-demic, because that would be way funnier. But yeah, here we are. (laughs) But here we are. Uh,
1: (laughs) And and all kinds of of other things going on, uh, civil and social unrest, and we'll get into that a little later. But what we're really here to do is we are here to have one of our signature watch along episodes. So, of course, right now we are in the midst of December 1995, and we are going to be watching WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling. So fancy. So fancy. So, if you want to watch along with us, you'll want to make sure that you have the event pulled up on the WWE Network. Make sure you have the uh, triple zero timestamp, the black screen, and you just have it paused there. Uh, Later, you will hear us do a countdown and just hit play with us and watch along but of course before we dive into watching the event what we always like to do here is we like to go over some trivia about the event because that's always I, I'm a big fan of trivia and I love uh, just learning all this kind of stuff so uh, Leah, hit us with some trivia
2: all right, we got our pay-per-view, WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, by the numbers. It took place on Wednesday, December 27th, 1995. The attendance was 8,200 people earning $83,855. The buy rate was 0.35 buy rate equals 113,314 buys at $24.95 per buy which totals $2,827,184.30. And the total box office was $2,911,039.30.
1: Very cool. Now, one of the other things we want to compare it to, you know, we we always, uh, when we do these watch-alongs, we sort of compare the WCW and WWF at that time events because it's it's interesting to find out, you know, how how they stack up, especially say month to month. Now, in this case, we're actually going to be comparing Starcade to two things. The first is we're actually going to compare this to WrestleMania 11 of 1995. And the reason that we're comparing these two events is because Starcade is sort of WCW's big annual event, the culmination of everything they've been working towards throughout their year. So it's I think it's a fair comparison to compare WWE WrestleMania to WCW Starcade. Would you agree, Leith? Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. So comparing just uh Starcade to WrestleMania 11 here by the numbers, so 6,800 fewer people Attended WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, than WWF WrestleMania 11, earning $666,145 less than WWF WrestleMania 11. Now, the buy rate uh, WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, earned 0.95 less buys, a total of 295,699 less buys than WWF WrestleMania 11, earning $9,422,755 five cents less than WWF WrestleMania eleven. Uh, for a total box office, WCW Starcade, nineteen ninety five, the World Cup of Wrestling earned ten million eighty eight thousand nine hundred dollars less than WWF WrestleMania eleven. Now, when we're talking about uh, these two events, the other thing we want to compare is just their debuts. So, the comparison here is uh, Starcade actually started out as an NWA slash Jim Crockett promotions event. And that very first Starcade. Uh, for NWHM Crockett Promotions, debuted on Thursday, November 24th, 1983, which was uh, Thanksgiving of 1983. I believe the event was originally uh, sort of scheduled around being a, a Thanksgiving event. Uh, and WWF WrestleMania debuted on Sunday, March 31st, 1985, so about two and a half years later. Or, yeah, eh, roughly. Uh, <laughs> the debut arenas uh, NWA Jim Crockett Promotion Starcade debuted at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. And WWF WrestleMania debuted at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York. And the debut main events NWA Jim Crockett Promotion Starcade featured Ric Flair defeating Harley Race, the champion. Uh, and this was a singles steel cage match uh, with the special guest referee Gene Kaniski, who was a former Canadian football star, professional wrestler, and one-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Of course, this match was for the World Heavyweight Championship. And WWF WrestleMania, the debut main event there, was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Jimmy Snuka defeating Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper with Bob Orton in a tag match featuring special guest referees Pat Patterson and Muhammad Ali.
2: Stacking it with celebs.
1: Celebrities. They
2: they try to do... In recent years, and I feel like it doesn't have quite the same effect <laughs> as it did back then. I could be wrong though.
1: There have certainly been some diminishing returns on that. I think going into WrestleMania, you kind of expect like some sort of celebrity involvement.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's when they throw them into matches that people start getting like I don't know. <laughs> you know, kind of kind of loses that. Like this spot could have gone to an actual wrestler. Yeah, but. Like the, I don't mind them being there.
1: The but... matches haven't so much bugged me, but, like, I think the thing that really bothers me, especially, like, as WrestleManias get longer, is when you uh, cut into the middle of the show to do, like, a concert or something.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's rough.
1: Yeah. Uh, that usually good bathroom break though. Yeah, good, good. bathroom. Go get work.
2: snacks. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> gives you, it gives you some time to take care of things before the next match. Cool off a little bit. <laughs> right, exactly. Take a break because you're gonna be
1: there. You're gonna be there all day and all night.
2: Yeah, I can't even imagine actually going. It's tiring to just watch it at home.
1: Yeah. All right, Salief, so hit us with some more comparisons here to the other pay per view for the month.
2: Yep, I'll be comparing it to In Your House Five Seasons Beatings, which is a fantastic name, and really, I feel like that should be the name of like a horror movie or something. <laughs> and, and that's just great. <laughs> it really is. And if
1: you want to listen to us watch along that uh, pay-per-view, you can go back and check that
2: out. So the attendance here is uh, 911 more people attended Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, but WCW earned $16,145 less than WWF in your house five seasons beating. So more people were there, but less money came in. Uh, buy rate WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling earned 0.1 more buys, a total of 3,148 more buys than WWF in your house sees, in your house five seasons beatings earning 1,080. One hundred eighty thousand two hundred two dollars and sixty cents more than WWF in your house five seasons beatings. It's really hard to say all these like <laughs> repeatedly. Sorry. <laughs> Shorter titles for the future, everybody. Make, make that make that a thing. Write that down. <laughs> when you own your own promotions, make your titles less of a mouthful. Yeah. Right. So, so total box office. WCW Starrcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, earned $1, $1,164,057.60 more for its total box office than WWF in your House 5 season's beatings.
1: So it's really kind of interesting there. You know, WrestleMania, by comparison, blew Starrcade out of the water. Mm-hmm. Right? But when we compare it, just say, on, on a month basis, you know, December nineteen ninety five. Starcade, you know, WCW kind of owned the WWF at that at that month.
2: Right, right. So very interesting. So It when, makes you wonder if Starcade was the same month of WrestleMania if things would have like where things would have actually been that way. Right. And I don't
1: think it would have made sense from a business standpoint, even at this point, for WCW to go up against uh, no, WWF, no they're, already, yeah.
2: they're already pushing it. <laughs> yeah, because they
1: they were already hemorrhaging money. I mean, Bischoff, uh, if you listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83 Weeks, he talks about this. It wasn't really, I think, until they started the NWO angle that they even turned a single dollar of profit.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it's, it, it, it would have been too big of a risk. Yeah. As interesting as it might have been for... For us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the actual venue where WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling, takes place. This took place at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, now, that venue broke ground in 1959. Unfortunately, we don't have an exact date available. The venue opened on Sunday, October 7th, 1962. And this arena is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, the arena also houses the Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum. Constructed in 1962, the Nashville Municipal Auditorium was the first public assembly facility in the Mid-South area with air conditioning. Whew.
2: Oh my goodness. Fantastic. was yeah. probably going there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's playing at this concert tonight? I don't care. I just want cold air. Right. Uh, So on Tuesday, June 4th, and this kind of brings us back to that uh, Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum. On Tuesday, June 4th, 2013, this is when the auditorium began hosting the uh, (laughs) museum. Now, I can't talk. The auditorium <laughs> began housing the Musicians' Hall of Fame and Museum. The, the museum was forced from its previous building as a result of the construction of the Music City Center. The Hall of Fame moved into the exi- uh, exhibition floor of the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Now, some other really big events that have taken place there, the Nashville Municipal Auditorium hosted the 1994 United States Gymnastic Championships as well as the 1996 Tour of World Figure Skating Championships. The auditorium has hosted uh, minor league hockey teams with the teams known as the Dixie Flyers, South Stars, Knights, Nighthawks, and Nashville Ice Flyers. It's also hosted Minor League Basketball, the former Nashville Stars and Music City Jammers, and Women's Professional Basketball, the Nashville Noise of the former Women's American Basketball League. In 1967, the auditorium hosted the Country Music Association's first CMA Awards event before the ceremonies officially moved to the Ryman Auditorium the following year. Uh, but that wouldn't be the last one that it hosted. Uh, due to the damage at the Grand Ole Opry House due to the May 2010 Tennessee flood, the Nashville Municipal Auditorium also hosted the June 8, 2010 edition of the Grand Ole Opry. The National Nashville Municipal Auditorium also hosted an Opry show in 1973. Now, this is something I find really cool. The walls of the upper and lower concourses are decorated with enlarged ticket stubs for events and concerts the auditorium has hosted between the venue's debut in 1962 and 2010. That's really neat. From just like yeah, a, a sort fun of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: No, I think I want to see like pictures of it or something. Yeah, it that just would sounds be cool. really cool. Now, now getting on to, to the stuff we're, we're into here, uh, they've also had many professional wrestling events hosted in the arena, including the NWA's Wrestle War 89, which featured a world title change and voted match of the year by PWI, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. It also was the home for the World Wrestling Federation's No Holds Barred. The match slash the movie pay-per-view special held in December 1989 as well as the WWF's In Your House 2. The Lumberjacks in 1995 is a favorite venue over the years for World Championship Wrestling which hosted its Starrcade 94, 95, and 96 in addition to its final Clash of the Champions 35 show there if I'm reading that correctly (laughs) in 1997 (laughs) as well as its Penultimate pay-per-view event: Super Brawl Revengeance in two thousand one. Revengeance. <laughs> Revengeance. I'm making it more epic. Oh my goodness. It's okay. It I... just it just sounds way cooler in my head. It does, and and more appropriate to to what we're talking about. That definitely
1: sounds like a professional wrestling event. Revengeance. Yeah,
2: a... Super Brawl Revengeance. Anyway, it's it's revenge. I can read. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, Masato Tanaka won his only ECW Heavyweight Championship by defeating Mike Awesome at Municipal at an ECW on TNN taping in December 1999. Uh, total Nonstop Action Wrestling held their first events there in June 2002 before moving to the Tennessee State Fairgrounds. The arena also hosted TNA Wrestling Slammiversary 2007 and Lockdown 2012. The arena hosted the Ring of Honor event, Honor for All. So all the wrestling has happened (laughs) here, including No Holds Barred and the made-up Revengeance. (laughs) Uh, Moving on. (laughs) have,
1: Have you ever actually seen No Holds Barred?
2: I feel like I have, but like ages ago. I keep... It's on Hulu, and I keep being it's like tempted. It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu, and I'm so tempted to to give it a give it a look. See. Oh, we might have to watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I and, feel like I've seen it, but it's it's been so long. I don't
1: think I've ever seen it. the The only Hulk Hogan movie I can remember seeing as a little kid was Suburban Commando. Oh,
2: that's a great film. Yeah. Like great as in terrible, but great. And Mr. was it the Mr. Nanny? Yeah, was that it? Th- yeah I think that that's was it. What, yeah. I have like a, a, a two-disc uh, DVD of it has both those movies. One side's Mr. Nanny, the other side's Suburban Commando. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think it was like $5 at Walmart. <laughs> that's a pretty good Me- deal. Many years ago. <laughs> Moving on, wrestling events, a total of 109 wrestling shows going so far back as Tuesday, February 26, 1963 with G.W.E. Gulas Wrestling Enterprises, part of the N.W.A. Mid-America Territory. The main event of this show was N.W.A. World Heavyweight Champion Lou Fez defending the championship against Pat O'Connor. In a singles match that ended without a winner at a time limit draw, those can be frustrating if oh, you don't yeah. know that. Like if you, if it becomes like a like a best out of three kind of thing, mm. then they're cool. But otherwise, it's just frustrating. Now <laughs> yeah, I could
1: I could be wrong, but I think a lot of NWA World Heavyweight Title matches like that, you know, around that time period, and even you know. Uh, uh, going forward for a while, a lot of those kind of matches generally ended in like a time limit draw because the. Yeah, I, what, sorry, go, go ahead.
2: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that it makes sense because you don't want either person to look bad, right? Like you don't want a potential star for another company or even the same company to to look bad against the, the champion but you don't want your champion to to lose either. Yeah, it's it's a
1: it's a really interesting strategy, at least from like the the territory standpoint, because you're right. It, it's all about you know the the idea would be like the NWA World Heavyweight Champion would sort of uh, go around to the different NWA territories and sort of wrestle against the the bigger stars of those smaller territory areas, right? And the whole idea was it's going to make them look good because they're getting the rub, right? But also, you know, you don't want your NWA World Heavyweight Champion to, to look weak, so you got to find a way to end it that both of these competitors
2: look strong. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty, pretty standard... Wrestling, wrestling stoof. <laughs> <laughs> they do it a lot in the the indies as well, to a degree. Um, yeah. Not so much as back in this era, because I think more wrestling fans are kind of aware of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, WCW's first show at the arena was WCW Wrestle War 1989 Music City. This took place on Sunday, May 7th, 1989. The main event was a tag team match for the NWA WCW United States Tag Team Championships. <laughs> Why do they make those titles so long? I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> we had Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner defeat the Varsity Club, Kevin Sullivan, and Dan Spivey. Speedy? Spivey?
1: I think Spivey. I always
2: always say it wrong. I feel like it's, like, wrong when I say it, no matter how I pronounce it. Sorry. Apologies. (laughs) To, To retain. Okay, so the most recent wrestling event held at the arena was Ring of Honor's Bound by Honor 2020. This took place on Friday, February 28th, 2020. That feels like decades ago. <laughs>
1: yeah, that feels like 20 years ago because 2020 has been an exercise in awfulness.
2: Yeah, like once we hit March 15th, everything feels like a thousand like every month feels like a year. Yeah,
1: every much. Yeah. Every every day feels like about 2
2: weeks. Right. The most recent wrestling event held at the arena was Ring of Honors, bound by honor 2020 this took place on friday february 28th 2020 the main event was a singles match for the ring of honor world championship pco defeating dragon lee additional pay-per-views at the arena a total of 10 wrestling pay-per-views have taken place at the arena The arena sorry no that's 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 on me right yeah (laughs) uh,
1: folks i was tired this morning putting all this together and pco of course is a a friend of the show you can go back and check out our interview with him uh and we wish him all the best
2: and if he ever wants to come back on
1: (laughs) hey we'd be happy to have him so uh that brings us to the fan reaction to WCW Starcade 1995, the World Cup of Wrestling. So these are going to be the Wrestling Observer fan poll numbers for the event. Uh, The tenth place is rounded up based on the hundredth digit. And the overall impression of the show, this is going to be based on 194 votes, if my math is right. So thumbs up votes, we have 152 votes for a total of 78.4%. Thumbs down votes, we have 18 for a total of 9.3%. And in the middle, uh, 24 votes for a total of 12.4%. So it looks like the, the overall impression of the show was that it was a good show. So rare. Yeah. Uh, especially never for, happens. <laughs> yeah, especially for WCW at this time. So, that takes us to our best match poll. Now, this is going to be based on 176 votes, if my math is right. Uh, The first match uh, on that is Eddie Guerrero versus Shinjiro Otani. Uh, The votes for that are 113 votes for a total of 64.2%. We then have Ric Flair versus Randy Savage votes. That's uh, 26 votes for 14.8%. Jushin Liger versus Chris Benoit votes, that's 25, so that's uh, 14.2% of the vote, and Sting versus Lex Luger versus Ric Flair in in the triangle match, uh, that got a total of 12 votes for a total of 6.8%, and that brings us to our worst match poll. Now, this is actually based on a little less votes, Uh, this is going to be based on 147 votes, the first match there we have Johnny B Bad versus Masa Saito. That's 93 votes for a total of 63.3%. Uh, Lex Luger versus Masa Chono for a total of 28 votes, that's 19%, and the Sting versus Lex Luger versus Ric Flair triangle match got 26 votes for a total of 17.7%. So it looks like that match people were were pretty split on, but it looks like the the prevailing opinion was that it was a bad match.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Hard to imagine. Yeah. I wonder what makes it bad. Uh,
1: I guess uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Alright, so Leah, hit us with the Some trivia about just the the event overall.
2: All right. So uh, they they had to release an additional VHS copy of this event. (laughs) Um, The title was originally misprinted on the cover as WCW Starcade 1996, which means that a lot of people mistake... 95 Starcade 496 is because of them having the VHS with the wrong title <laughs> <laughs> which causes quite a bit of confusion amongst fans and all that jazz. So we're we're watching what is truly <laughs> Starcade 1995. Right. <laughs> Just so you're aware. This is not this is not actually like like We're not messing with your heads. This is the real Starcade 1995. It's not really 1996. We're good. (laughs) We
1: won't get to Starcade 1996 until like 2022 at this rate.
2: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Gensuke Sasaki pinned one-man gang to retain the WCW United States Championship. However, the match had previously been restarted after controversial pinfall win by one-man gang over Sasaki. On television, the pay-per-view actually ended with the first pinfall, so one-man Gang left Star Starcade with the title, even though he actually lost the match. So that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> love what I, I kind of love when mistakes like that happen because it's like, like where do you go from there? <laughs> How do you yeah. really fix that one? <laughs> and
1: it's and it's so weird because it's it's not like there aren't people in attendance seeing. You know what actually happened?
2: Right, right. They don't count. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's an illusion. They didn't didn't really see what they saw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fourth and final time that Rick Flair won a World Heavyweight Championship at a Starcade, he defeated Harley Race for the NWA world heavyweight title at the 1983 show and ron garvin for the belt at the 1987 show he defeated big van vader for the wcw world heavyweight title in 1993 and randy savage for the title here
1: very cool very so cool.
2: rick flair getting all the all the titles forever <laughs>
1: And, and, of course, what we always like to invite people to do is, you know, as we're, as we're getting ready to do this, uh, you know, we always try to promote the, the event on Twitter. And, you know, we always ask people to, to participate. Let us know some of your thoughts and memories and just any questions you might have about Starcade uh, or whatever event that we're watching. And you can follow the Twitter uh, for the show, the Wrestling Time Machine Podcast, at W-R-E-S-T-L. T-I-M-M-A-C-H. And right now, uh, our we didn't have anybody reply, so that's fine. All right, so let's get ready to dive into the show. So what we're going to do here, folks, is you're going to hear a countdown. It's going to sound like the one, two, three kids uh, intro from his entrance music, but reversed. It's going to say three, two, one. And then you'll hear us hit play. And hit play along with us. And join us as we watch WCW Starrcade 1995. The World Cup of Wrestling. Three, two, one. Play. All right. We've got. WCW and New Japan Professional Wrestling representing different countries of the world. All sorts of flags in the background for the World Cup of Wrestling.
2: They got all the countries.
1: Several countries.
2: Many. Like five countries.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Saito kind (laughs) of... Yeah, Saito kind of looked like uh, Ted DiBiase there for a second.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, and how 90s are these graphics? This is uh, 90s... If you, ta-
2: w- <laughs> you want to know what 1995 looks like...
1: It's this. <laughs> it's uh, it's very much a, a 1990s Taco Bell aesthetic. Teal and purple. So we got uh, Tony Schiavone introducing the show with... His, uh, hosts, Dusty Rhodes and Bobby the Brain Heenan.
2: Dusty looking spectacular in his tux jacket and mom jeans.
1: You gotta love them mom jeans, Daddy. They got the elastic and the waistband come right up to the belly button. But, uh, we do love Dusty Rhodes in this house, and I, I would advise, if you can find an event, uh, WCW or otherwise that has Dusty Rhodes on commentary It's worth a watch But uh, you're right He he does look spectacular
2: He's the only man alive that can Pull this look off Yeah Don't, Don't even try it
1: And uh, Heenan is telling us why Randy Savage is in trouble. You know all the all the things wrong with with Randy Savage. And I believe he's uh, predicting Ric Flair as the winner and new World Heavyweight Champion. But uh, our very first match, we get uh, Chris Benoit. Of the Four Horsemen versus Jushin Thunder Liger as part of the World Cup of Wrestling. So, right here we've got two different countries represented. We got Canada, as evidenced by Chris Benoit's hockey hair, and New Japan, or Japan rather as a country, represented by Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah, the, the newest member there.
2: How, how many Four Horsemen are there? I believe there there there's four. four. Yeah.
1: <laughs> At this point, we I mean, do actually have four. We have Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit.
2: So often, for so long, the Four Horsemen was three people, and that that never sat well with me. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, and, and uh, I'll say this about Benoit and Pillman as members of the Four Horsemen, just from an aesthetic standpoint, their their trunks really it's a it's a neat idea, but it doesn't read well on TV because it's black, with then like a 4H logo on the on the thigh there that's supposed to be sort of like red and sequined or glitter, and it just doesn't read well on TV
2: first time you said four H I was thinking like four H club. <laughs> like they're gonna they're gonna show their sheep at, at the Grange Fair. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a big thing where I grew up, just so y'all know.
1: Oh yeah, here too. Yeah.
2: We're, we're in farming territory.
1: I was I was never into it, but you know, I, I know of it.
2: A lot of my my friends were in it, and they would go to, like, 4-H camp and tell of their summer romances, which always seemed interesting and random.
1: <laughs> what did you do over the summer, Leah? Watch Star Trek and read manga?
2: <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that at that point. No. That's okay. what I do now. <laughs> That's what you do now, Okay. <laughs> Although I, I would have, I mean, I still laid out in the sun and read books. Like you do. Yeah, that's that's how I am. I, I think we've discovered that I am most likely part lizard. <laughs> it's like if I, I need to bask in the sun for several, several well, several minutes a day. I wouldn't say several yeah. hours, because that's just insane.
1: Do you need, like, a, an electric heating rock?
2: Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I get one of those for for the winter time. So that'd yeah. be pretty sweet. So in this match, you're going to see every style of wrestling there is to offer.
1: Yeah. We're getting they, some I don't think
2: they leave anything out.
1: Yeah, they they are leaving it all in the ring. We got some some sort of uh cruiseweight luchador style wrestling's the the high flying and uh twisty maneuvers there and then we've also got some great technical wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of good grappling, lots of good uh my goodness my brain. There's lots of <laughs> really neat holds and stuff on this one. Yeah,
1: and and look at that back bridge on Liger. That is amazing. I couldn't do that.
2: I could. <laughs> <laughs> Though I, I have a hard time just bridging onto my head because that's not how I was trained. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I still have to like use my hands first and then lower myself onto my head.
1: <laughs> you know what I think would have been a really great match? Jushin Liger versus Jeff Hardy. That would have been a pretty good match. I don't know if they ever if they ever tied up, but that that would be a pretty good match. Right, right. Big belly to belly suplex. And we got Benoit on the outside. Liger trying to be a sportsman here, but uh, Benoit just didn't have it.
2: I like that um, Liger always uses his, his free time to kind of taunt. <laughs> the hitting that, that taunt button.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about uh, Japanese wrestling, uh, almost at all. But uh, I do really like everything I've seen Liger in.
2: Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's there's so much to his character and so much going on with him. He's just he's really cool.
2: Crowd is so hyped for this. <laughs> I've, like, never seen an audience on their feet so much. And not just the people milling around in the back, but, like, the the front row especially is, like, up on their feet, like, every other second.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's such a a fast-paced match. And Benoit with that, you know, it's not quite a lion tamer, but that does look really painful. Ugh. And you can even actually see, like, from from that front camera angle, just how ripped Benoit actually is.
2: The pressure on the shoulder, man. That just seems so uncomfortable. It's <laughs> <laughs> not, not a hold I'd want to be in. Not, not much you can do, but just bear it, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Liger with a big series, big flurry of slaps there. And I think Tony Schiavone mistakenly called that a, a dragon suplex. That was just a, a German suplex with a, you know, with the bridge for the pinfall.
2: It's an- another very uncomfortable looking maneuver. Yeah.
1: It, it just goes to show how important stretching is, and that I believe that's uh, a surfboard stretch, sometimes called a Romero special. And really, this is, like that first variant is bad enough, but then he does this with the the dragon sleeper as well, and that just looks awful.
2: Yeah, that that would not be not be fun. Now we got I couldn't it. tell. Was Liger's shoulder up then? Like up enough that the ref wasn't counting? I think so. so it's hard to tell from that angle. <laughs> that, that's, that's a difficulty of those kinds of uh, holds. Is that you You have to do it, but then still make sure that your, your shoulders are off the
3: mat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to count yourself out.
1: And this match has really just been fantastic. I mean, this this is a great match. What do you think, Leah?
2: Yeah, it's going to be hard for everybody coming after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: like... This is, and if you were a fan of wrestling at this time, this was such a good way to get introduced to, to international talent and in different wrestling and, you know, get into things like uh, Japanese wrestling, which is so much, you know, it's, it, it has things in common with sort of the American style, but it's, it's an animal entirely on its own.
2: Everybody's up on their feet yet again. You see that so rarely. The match actually gets the the audience to to stand up. Mm Mm-hmm. So nice.
1: And, of course, you know, everybody in the audience is cheering for Benoit because he's, I guess, just the the less foreign of the two.
2: He still comes from in America of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> He's still North American. That counts, right?
1: <laughs> that that counts, sure. But there was no water in the pool for that headbutt attempt. Sort of a rolling cannonball there into the into the corner.
2: I keep seeing the cotton candy pass in the background. I'm like, I really would like some of that. Like, could they pass it through the TV? Because that would be really good right now. <laughs> Just a crab ton of sugar.
1: Yeah, like I... Since I, since I mentioned the 1990s Taco Bell aesthetic, that's all I'm craving right now is Taco Bell.
2: Oh, I could imagine. My diet is very strict right now, so that will not be happening for quite a while.
1: <laughs> mine is not, because I'm working from home and quarantined and everything, so... Mine, my, mine isn't as strict. I have been eating like shit. It has wreaked havoc on my body. And to be clear, I have nobody to blame but myself. I just wish I could make it to the gym, but again, it's not safe. I can't.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah, my gym is open, but I'm just. I'm not there yet. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with all that.
1: I. Like, I'm high risk because I have asthma, so I'm high risk for, for COVID/slash corona. So I don't want to to chance it going to a public gym. My wife is high risk. My mom is high risk. Like, there's just... It's not, not worth it. Yeah, it's just not worth it.
2: Oh, but, oh, yeah. Kevin Sullivan. He mad.
1: He mad. You got to love that Jimmy Hart jacket, though.
2: Oh, my goodness. And like, I would love to see just, like, Jimmy Hart's jacket collection. Like, in full. Like, that needs a museum of its own, I think. Yeah. Like, if
1: they can ever get the actual physical WWE Hall of Fame off the ground, that's what you need. Like, a wing of Jimmy Hart jackets.
2: Mmm, definitely.
1: But, of course, at this point, uh, the Dungeon of Doom is uh, feuding a bit with the Four Horsemen. But uh, Jushin Liger picked up the win with what was almost a hurricane rana and he is the first winner in the world cup of wrestling
2: so Japan takes the lead
1: Japan takes the lead That's uh, WCW0 New Japan Professional Wrestling 1 That was a it was a little bit of a of a messy spot there, but it's still a really, uh, you know, overall, this was a fantastic match. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to go back to the locker room. We got Eddie Guerrero being interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund. Guerrero saying that uh, Sullivan should have stayed out of that match. Who do you think has a better mustache there? Gene Okerlund or Eddie Guerrero?
2: They're very different styles. It's hard hard to tell. Uh, Gene's is much fuller, though. Yeah. Guerrero's jacket, though, beats beats all the jackets right now
1: it's, it is the best jacket we've seen so far and honestly that's what this show is about really we just watch these shows to pick out the best, <laughs> the best, the,
2: the best jacket <laughs> the best jacket
1: <laughs> I mean Jimmy Hartz is a close second
2: yeah but his jackets are always amazing
1: yeah kind of goes he, has to, he has to
2: compete against himself yeah Which Jimmy Hart jacket is the best? My goodness, that mullet, though.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I think we need to bring airbrushed jackets back.
2: You know, I never liked the look of airbrushed anything, even when it was popular. (laughs) Like, there's something about it that just made me cringe, so <laughs> I don't know. Look,
1: go to go to your local Goodwill, pick up a suit jacket, find somebody who does, you know, uh, who does airbrush, pay them, get something on your jacket, get something cool.
2: You used to be able to just go to the mall and get, get your jacket airbrushed, get a t-shirt airbrushed. They were like all over the place back in the day. Like, I forgot that was like a thing. Like, you just Go to. They usually had like a kiosk kind of like stand in the middle of
1: the mall somewhere. Really, your mall had something like that? That's awesome. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. There's a, a couple of the malls I went to around here, like in Pennsylvania, would have the airbrushing people. Uh, the, uh, not since like the 90s though. We,
1: I don't think we ever had anything like that that I can recall. Uh, there was a place that we could go to when the when the county fair was around and you could mm. get some stuff airbrushed, like you could get a picture, like a portrait, airbrushed on it, right? Uh, it almost kind of looks like the, the Klingon symbol on the back of Alex Wright's jacket.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that. His coat's really cool for some reason. I really like that. God, <laughs> now, we, now it all makes sense.
1: We are such nerds. No. Uh, <laughs> shush. Uh... But, uh, Alex
2: Wright is looking like super cool greaser dude right now for some reason. <laughs> S- slightly different aesthetic.
1: Okay, so at this point, you know, you saw... Uh, Koji Kanemoto, who is the Japanese competitor in this match, he was coming out with Sonny Ono, right? And Sonny Mm -hmm. Ono was holding up a championship belt, pointing to it and everything. That was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Koji Kanemoto was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion at this time. He actually held it for quite a reign. His reign with this started in June 14th of 1995, and he didn't lose it until January 4th, 1996, at uh, Wrestling World 1996 to Jushin Thunder Liger. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, of course, here we have... uh, Another two countries represented. Of course, we do have Japan represented with Koji Kanemoto. And Germany represented with Alex Wright. I like that
2: um, Kanemoto is just like a dude. Like, that's his gimmick. (laughs) It's like, I'm just a guy who wrestles.
1: (laughs) And wrestle does he. I mean, look at that leg takedown. That was amazing. Just right into an ankle lock.
2: He doesn't need any uh fancy fancy gear.
3: Mm
2: -mm. Like I'm just gonna kick butt and do it in style.
1: It's like sometimes with with wrestling, especially I think sometimes it's it's maybe a little bit more common with Japanese wrestling. You kind of see like like two two ends of the spectrum. You either have you know sort of like you said like just a guy who wrestles, Mm -hmm. right? And then you have the, I'm, you know, some sort of space robot monster who absorbs demons and also maybe an anime character in Jushin Thunder Liger.
2: Right, right. Yeah. It's still pretty common to have like, like we're very over the top kind of like crazy gimmicks. And then you're just like, this guy is just a good wrestler guy. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the more like natural charisma have, they have the less they need a character I guess I don't know I don't yeah. know how it works there but that I mean this kid's very cocky and it comes across in just like a vague like look to the audience yeah like he doesn't really need to do much it's like oh he's you know cocky youngster <laughs>
1: And, and folks, please understand. Like we we have dumb American tongues. If we mispronounce somebody's name, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, and I don't I, I can't speak for Leith, but again personally I don't know a lot about Japanese wrestling. So if I'm speaking from a place of ignorance or just you know like uh, you know blowing smoke or whatever, please just uh, just ignore me. Let me know, but uh, you can ignore me. <laughs> I I am not perfect. Uh, and I will mess up.
2: I mean, I am perfect, but I'll mess up on purpose just to make you feel better.
1: And I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is the most, like, aggressive I think we've seen Alex right? Yeah. He's not really, like... Dancy happy times Alex Right? He's like, I'm here to kick all the butt.
1: Boy, and uh, Koji getting in the face of some of those American fans. Uh, Buddy, I would not get in the face of a Japanese professional wrestler. That is ill-advised to say the least. Uh, Because I can guarantee that dude can wrestle circles around you and put you in legitimate holds that will absolutely hurt. Not to mention, hit you in a way that makes it feel like you got struck by lightning. Well, <laughs> but Japanese wrestling is a, is a lot stiffer usually, isn't it?
2: Uh, it depends. If they are like strong style type wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the case. It's not always the case. It just varies. I'm going
1: to be kind of disappointed if we get through this whole show and there's no, there's no uh, Joshi action.
3: Because
1: mm. that Joshi action from November of 1995
2: was great. Right, right. WCW was a bit more ahead of the times with that stuff than... Yeah. Other companies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leith, we,
1: we talked a little bit, uh, I suppose this will be considered off-air, about whether you're you're into anime or not. Uh, what kind of anime uh, do you like to watch?
2: Oh, that varies a lot, um depends on, on my mood, but okay. I watch a lot of, like, I guess old-school stuff it would be at this point. <laughs> like, I, I came from, like, the the era of, like, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop, and oh, yeah. I grew up with Sailor Moon.
1: Of course. Gotta um, Got love the Sailor Moon.
2: I'll watch, like, Bleach and Death Note, but then also, like, Fruits Basket and Chobit's
1: I'm, I've only seen just a very small handful of some of the very early episodes of Bleach, but, you know, I'm, I'm like you. I grew up, uh, you know, at first, of course, it was like Pokemon and Digimon, and then uh, mm-hmm. shows like Cowboy Bebop, uh, a little bit of Vash the Stampede or Trigun. Uh, you know, th- those kind of shows. I, I was a big fan of uh, Wolf's Rain. That uh, yeah, a, that was good. That was beautiful. Uh, Cooley. You know, I also really dug... Oh, those,
2: those weird ones are great. Like, uh, Do-Ra-Ra-Ra, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I always forget the name of it. The one with little Slugger.
1: Yeah, Paranoia Agent, I think.
2: Yes, that's, like, one of my all-time favorites. And, yeah. And uh, I also grew up uh, with, like, Gundam. Like, Gundam Wings, specifically. Like, I'm a big yeah. fan of... Uh, just, like, like, Gundams and stuff in general.
1: Now, do you like Transformers?
2: I did not... Um, really watch them growing up, so I wasn't as familiar.
1: I think if you... I think
2: because if they're they're actually just robot people kind of thing, it wasn't as appealing as like if you could actually fly Pilot. them. Sure. So, yeah, <laughs> it's like I want to be the one in, inside the robot making it go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I would I would recommend like the original '80s Transformers show that was uh, solid enough. Uh, of course the, the original Transformers movie from the eighties features Leonard Nimoy and Orson Welles in his last uh his last role.
3: Oh.
1: Uh and I I was a big fan of, of Beast Wars growing up, of course. Hmm. Uh but you know, lately, anime wise, we've been watching uh you know, we watch a lot of Ranma, one half. Nice. And we, and we like uh You know, I've been watching a lot of My Hero Academia, which is really good. And we also watch uh, some Miyazaki films here and there. You know, I mentioned, again, I suppose this will be considered off-air. I mentioned we recently watched Spirited Away. That was great.
2: I always forget to count those as, like, anime. Because to me, it's like a a separate thing. It's like, those are Studio Ghibli Miyazaki movies. (laughs) That's, like, literally my, my youth. Yeah in movie form (laughs) i don't think there's i don't think there's a miyazaki movie i haven't seen
1: or don't own (laughs) so the two i have seen i have seen uh my neighbor totoro ah beautiful the, the first one i saw and then uh spirited away which we saw recently uh and both of them are just fantastic films
2: that uh, there's not a bad one in the bunch. Um, yeah. I, I prefer the more, like, fantasy-type ones, like Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle and even, like, Kiki's Delivery Service to, like, mm-hmm. some of the ones, like, like uh, from up on Poppy Hill, which is a little more down-to-earth.
3: Oh, yeah. But they're, yeah.
2: they're, they're, they're still good. It's mm-hmm. just not quite as much my style. Oh, and The Cat Returns. That's a great one, too. <laughs> I, I do like the that one better than the the first of those cat movies I've re- i'm like blanking on the name of the first one the cat returns is technically like a sequel
1: yeah i uh if you like giant robots i would also recommend escaflowne if you have
2: oh that's seen great yeah, yeah no i see that <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much it, if people are piloting, like, Gundams, I've probably seen at least an episode or two. <laughs> now, do
1: you do, like, the models?
2: I have no patience for that.
1: Okay. Like, that's...
2: I can't... I don't like building things. Um, it's also why I don't like Legos. <laughs> like, I want my, my toys and figures already made. So, no, I do not like <laughs> models. I'm big on action figures and play sets for my collectibles.
1: Yeah, I, uh...
2: So, so basically, getting back to the match here, yeah. Kanemoto, he could have <laughs> actually won this already, but he decided to be the cocky youngster he is and was like, oh no, that I'm, I'm not done with you yet, Mr. Alex, right? <laughs> and now he's just getting his butt kicked. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's, there you uh... Go.
1: That, that missed diving opportunity that uh, Alex Wright, you know, caught him with that dropkick, that just looked painful. But this has been a great match.
2: Yeah, it's... Alex Wright is always kind of seen as, like, uh, he's the the goofy pretty boy, like, dance machine, but, like, legitimately, he's a great wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. It's just people kind of forget that because of the way he's presented.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And, and this, again, this match has been great. Alex Wright and uh, Kanemoto, Koji Kanamoto here, have, have put on a clinic uh, as far as wrestling goes.
2: I think Alex Wright is one of those people that I would have loved to take, take our little time machine and steal him from this <laughs> era and bring him to the future because I think he would have been a much bigger star in the indies now than he was ever in WCW. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, uh, Koji Kanemoto got the pin there with the uh, the bridging pin. And that takes New Japan to 2. New Japan Professional Wrestling 2, World Championship Wrestling 0. Uh-oh. I can remember when I, when I had the uh, very first SmackDown game on PlayStation. Uh, Edge became my favorite wrestler to use on that game. And he had a pin that uh, was a similar sort of like roll over bridge like what uh, Koji won with and that became like my favorite type of pin
2: mm. I've always been terrible at the wrestling games I don't know <laughs> why I can never like like I'm not the best at like games in general I just really like playing them but sure. for some reason I'm the worst at wrestling games <laughs> Like, wrestling and Street Fighter are, like, probably my worst. I just, I can't, I can't get it. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. So, this is a a best of seven series, so New Japan has already gotten two out of seven. And to pair up with uh, Dusty Rhodes' mom jeans, he's got some big old cowboy boots. Those are some, some gorgeous-looking cowboy boots.
2: I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually miss my cowboy boots that I had when I was younger. Because I definitely had a pair that I stole from my sister. <laughs> <laughs> it, they were very in, in like the 80s to early 90s. And they're... I don't know. They were just really cool. They had like a little bit of a heel to them. They're really comfortable... I used to wear them when I'd go horseback riding, because that was also a thing that I did as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like really cool because I had my cowboy boots and I was riding a horse, so that was awesome. Very stylish. Now I just play Red Dead Redemption too when I want that that feel back. <laughs>
1: are Are you playing it online?
2: No, no. Okay. I don't. I don't tend to play much of anything online. Mm. I'm a. I'm a solo gamer for the most part.
1: No, I can, I can. understand. It. It is the online is a lot of fun. Uh, mostly because I mean you pretty much have free reign and access to the entire map
3: through mm. it
1: instead of uh, kind of being locked out of certain areas in uh in just the solo campaign. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, when, when I was playing it online, I haven't played it online in a little while just because there hasn't been any sort of, like, significant updates uh, as far as content goes. But when I was playing it online, for the most part, people weren't awful. Ah, uh,
2: that's uh, always good.
1: Yeah, the servers were never really too crowded, and people were pretty much okay to deal with. Uh, but we've got uh, Mean Gene Okerlund interviewing Sonny Ono back there, who is very happy that uh, New Japan Professional Wrestling has taken two points in the World Cup of Wrestling. So, you know, I've, I've never, uh, never been horseback
2: riding. Yeah, there's a place near where I grew up that, like, you could pay for, like, a certain amount of time and take the horses out on trails and whatnot. I forget it. I don't remember how that all worked, because it was mostly when I was, like, in elementary school. And oddly enough, we used to go with our local priest, <laughs> which was, like, totally normal back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, like... Like he had I, we think he had a crush on my friend's mom.
1: Mm.
2: So he would take out like uh, her daughter and then I would usually go along because I lived closest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's kind of cute.
2: So yeah, he would take us we, we would go um, either horseback riding or figure skating, so it was fun. <laughs> so I, I learned how to figure skate to a certain degree as well. Not I'm, all priests are bad. I'll just say that. Yeah. They are uh, not all evil monsters.
1: I have never been ice skating
2: either. Oh, that's fun. If you can rollerblade, you can ice skate.
1: I can... I, I think I can still rollerblade. It's probably been 20 years. <laughs> God, I'm old.
2: Yeah, I can't do much of anything now with my hip. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I get... It. That feeling. Getting there's, there, there's a lot of things I feel like I should still be able to do, and then I try to do them, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm broken." <laughs> getting old
1: sucks. It, it, yeah, it's
2: not it's not easy. Oh, good Luger. Eh. Mm. I, I will. I will never like Luger. I'm sorry. I'm usually a very positive person, and I try not to say bad things about people but anyone that that causes harm to Miss Elizabeth is not my friend and I don't like him
1: <laughs> So we've got uh Luger out with Jimmy Hart. I can't tell from here if Jimmy Hart's wearing a different jacket.
2: You know he's got to be. He never he never comes out in the jacket represent like He'll be representing Luger in some way.
1: I mean, that's wearing that's just how he is. <laughs> wearing the same jacket uh, more than once at a wrestling event—that's pretty gauche for Jimmy Hart.
2: Why do the mullets look so much better on like the Japanese wrestlers than on the, like uh, not—I guess American wrestlers. <laughs> You know, I don't know. The Japanese wrestlers pull off mullets better than than anyone else I've seen.
1: <laughs> so it does look like uh, Jimmy Hart might be wearing a different, different, uh, different jacket. I love that. Uh, uh, is it Chono? I think I think that's Masahiro Chono. Yes. Uh, i yeah. love i love that his outfit kind of has a sort of like future cop sort of like batman kind of look to it
2: yeah like it's more modern than anything else we've seen yeah like you you could wear those today for sure
1: and the crowd is actually going nuts for lex Luger no.
2: Yeah,
1: and Now I can definitely see Jimmy Hart is definitely wearing a different jacket.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I, th- I think we were right. Like, if they ever get the WWE Physical Hall of Fame building off the ground, give us a wing of Jimmy Hart jackets. That would
2: be so sweet.
1: Like, if there was a Physical Hall of Fame, I would have no choice but to go
2: maybe maybe after there's vaccine well yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and Chono is not over with the fans but uh dude is is pretty ripped in his own right
2: yeah he's he's much cooler looking than Luger
1: <laughs> like even though they're both wearing black somehow Chono has more personality than Lex Luger does here
2: Chona looks badass and Luger just looks bad yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jimmy Hart trying to trying to calm the total package down That sounded very wrong. That's not something I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh now that that's come out of my mouth. And you know, I <laughs> This match hasn't been great, but it hasn't been awful, I don't think.
2: It, it feels more like a, a by-comparison kind of thing. Yeah. It's much slower mm-hmm. than what we've seen previously, and just...
1: It's, uh, it's definitely not nearly as good as the other two matches we've seen so far. Uh, if I was booking this, I probably would have stacked this a little differently and had Luger and Shono go on between uh, Wright and uh, Koji
2: mm. yeah because it's um, the audience is a little bit tired at this point yeah and then this match is just much slower the the style is a lot different
1: yeah it's it's kind of hard to, to keep the crowd excited for this when just you know the last two matches, we had some high-flying, we had some technical wrestling.
2: Everything was really hyped up and and quick-moving, and this is just much more just, like, strength-based and holds, and and there's a lot of, like, but there's a lot of, like, rest-hold-type spots, which always slows things down. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, I'm not familiar enough with Chono to know if that's like his usual style
1: <laughs>
2: or not. If Luger's slowing him down.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't say because again, like I'm, I'm not as familiar with Japanese wrestling of any period. But uh, a nice STF locked in there from uh, from Chono. course, we would uh, We later see this hold used a lot by William Regal, and uh, later by one John Cena.
2: Although Cena's was always a little wonky, because he can't close his arms. <laughs> yeah,
1: his uh, his never looked uh, quite right.
2: No, he, he's... Uh, he always seems to to try these maneuvers that just don't fit his physical form. Yeah. Like, if you can't lock it in correctly, then maybe this shouldn't be your signature, but, you know, whatever. He's <laughs> more famous and makes a ton more money than I will ever see, so I, he knew what he was doing to some extent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good on him. It just always seemed odd. Like I remember him trying, like monkey flips and hurricane ranas and stuff, and it's just like this isn't the right fit. Like what is? What are you doing? <laughs> like it just seemed so strange.
1: And Chono just, just you know, taking the brunt of that that maneuver, really, really hurting there. And here comes the torture rack.
2: No.
1: And with that, World Championship Wrestling gets its first victory in the World Cup of Wrestling. And, but I mean to to Luger's credit, he's uh he's pretty over with the crowd there as far as that wed goes.
2: Mm.
1: So, what did we think of that match, Leaf? Was that okay?
2: It was fine. It was just not... Great. It wasn't exciting.
1: Yeah. So, we've got got Mean Gene Okerlund in the back with Sting here. He's hyping up uh, the Johnny B. Bad match. Now, remember, this is going to be voted worst match, so... Buckle up.
2: Sting's face paint makes me think of candy corn it's very uh (laughs) Halloweeny
1: Yeah, and with the uh, orange, black, and yellow, it's very candy corn.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So now Sting is trying to justify his friendship with Lex Luger which is very complicated at this this point in time and uh you know, it's it's really kinda of funny, this World Cup of Wrestling thing at Starcade means that Sting, Lex Luger, and Randy Savage all have to wrestle at least twice in one night mm-hmm. and Ric Flair doesn't. So I find that kind of
2: interesting. It's too much wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And so we've got uh, we've got Johnny B. Bag coming out with Kimberly, yeah, And you gotta love the way that Kimberly uh, coordinated her outfit with Johnny B. Bags.
2: Yeah, and she's like, cause like, super hyped up little cheerleader. Apparently, there's one huge Johnny B. Bag fan in the front row, the figure and the the poster.
1: <laughs> oh wow. Kimberly doing a cartwheel. She she keeps doing them. She is hyped for Johnny B. Bad.
2: Well, now she gets to have fun.
1: Yeah, doing some kicks, I guess. Letting her hair down, having some fun. Oh, she gets her own bad blaster.
2: Calling her a bimbo. Shameful. So unkind. It's the happiest we've ever seen her. And her, uh, her gear is, like, still very modest, which I appreciate.
3: Yeah. They didn't, like,
2: super, like... It's it's, not super skimpy like they've done with some of the other ladies.
1: Yeah, it's not, like, exploitative or anything. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a cute little kind of outfit. So we've got... very
2: appropriate.
1: Yeah. We've got, uh, Masa Saito out. And actually still looking a bit like Ted DiBiase.
2: His look is very interesting. He's got like a like a football player kind of vibe to him, with the with the jacket and the sort of Zubaz print tights.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very very much a Zubaz pattern.
2: And he looks like he's gonna like coach some uh
1: some little league or something.
2: Yeah, keep getting I think football for some reason. Maybe because it's like a a jacket jacket.
1: Like a windbreaker.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very interesting appearance.
1: <laughs> and Sonny Ono saying some, some hurtful things about Kimberly. I think he wants to get her out of there. Oh, that doesn't age well. Colin, Colin, Sonny Ono Hop sing. Oy. She's, uh... Ooh. This, uh... Again, this doesn't age well. Some of this.
2: Yeah, it's... It's a little... Off-putting,
1: little, little bit. So we got Johnny Be Bad in the black and white, and Masa Saito in the black and white.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, where he going with this?
1: <laughs> oh no, wait, he's got some blue. That's, I think those. Oh, okay. I think those are some blue patterns. The sort of zigzag over the the zebra. I think it matches his boots. Very very dark, deep blue. I see that. (laughs) Actually, kind of built like a football player, isn't he?
2: Yes. Not a small dude. Mm
1: Little little bit of a hoss is, I think, the proper term.
2: I got the, uh, the score on the bottom. New yeah. Japan's two to WCW's one. Is there a like literal like World Cup they're gonna win? I,
1: I guess we'll have to wait and find out. So, so far this match has been, you know, not a great. Match? Yeah, <laughs> certainly a match. I mean, it's, it says something if your match is worse than a Lex Luger match. Ah. Uh,
2: They're about the, um, the same shade of tan there. <laughs>
1: You know how important it is to tan in wrestling.
2: Yes, if you do not look like a uh, hot dog, (laughs) you're not a real wrestler.
1: You're not going to get the push.
2: Although I'm getting... Getting closer to that hot dog shade myself from all all my time sitting out this summer. (laughs) Oh, like nose face grab. That is that is unpleasant. Oh, see that's fun. I like that.
1: Dirty heel maneuvers.
2: Yeah, that's that's proper wrestling etiquette right there. <laughs> this is why I always prefer heels. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the the first match where we're seeing like a a true true heel. Uh next closest would have been the the Alex Wright match. Yeah. But that was more your your cocky heel. This is more win by any means heel.
1: And honestly I really think that that Alex Wright brought his A game to that match.
2: Oh for sure.
1: And again Sonny Ono going for the cheap tactics there, choking Johnny B. Bad against the rope.
2: That ref so easily distracted. My goodness. <laughs> and how could you not take advantage of that?
1: That's uh, referee Nick Patrick there.
2: He's easy to fool, so you know he, hes the ref you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny be bad going up to the top. Big double axe handle. Gonna yeah, do
2: a dance after that, really, <laughs> for for a double axe handle.
1: It, it's worth celebrating. And, and Johnny be bad with some punches there, some big lefts, and some big rights even. And bad going going for the pin, but not quite getting it.
2: because he went over the top rope. I was like, wait, what is it, DQ? God. Remembering WCW rules is so hard sometimes. Especially when you are, like, when they, they seem to change them arbitrarily to fit certain situations. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Johnny B. Bad gets the win,
2: but he's very angry about it anyway.
1: And of course, celebrating with Kimberly in the the WCW World Television Championship. And. So that brings our score to New Japan Professional Wrestling 2, World Championship Wrestling 2. We're tied. I'm all
2: tied up, man. Four
1: to four in a best of seven. And Heenan is uh, catching some heat for. For cheering for New Japan. And so now we're up. Uh, Hyping up Super Brawl, the next uh, one of the next pay per views to come up in February.
2: Luger is so creepy. (laughs) <laughs> gonna gonna make
1: those pecs bounce
2: oh, i hate it
1: <laughs> i mean I, I don't think luger would have been as bad in this wcw run if they had just given him more of a personality to build off of. But he just didn't have anything. He was such a blank slate here. And he never should have been allowed to cut promos.
2: Hmm. I think he would have done best if uh, he hadn't become a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like I've noticed a lot of uh, wrestlers in recent years trying to go back to kind of that old school like vibe and look, okay? Like I see a lot of guys like constantly posting like their workouts and just like not just like, oh, cardio, it's all like super strength and building like crazy muscles on top of muscles.
1: We're looking at you Dan champion.
2: <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of him but yes as a good example <laughs> but it just seems like I don't know if it's just because of like everybody being stuck in quarantine that like everyone's like up in their game or what the, the deal is but I feel like that has been the majority of my, my social media feed recently is just dudes working out <laughs> And then showing, like, I I have, there was one wrestler I followed for a while who would post constantly his, like, comparison pictures. He's like, here I am at, like, 268 pounds. Here I am at 269. I'm like, I don't see any difference. Like, what are you, what are you posting? Like, are you really, like, nitpicking yourself that much? Like, it just seems so, like, unhealthy to, like worry about like that level of comparison when it's just like a pound or two difference and you like like it's it's okay everyone (laughs) like you don't all need to be like super cut beefy men like like
1: my whole thing with with working out is like i need like i you know i mentioned before i have asthma right Mm -hmm. and like my my big thing that i've got to work on personally is just like cardio Right. Uh, and, I, I mean, I take full responsibility for where I'm at health-wise right now because, I mean, it. it but there, there are factors, right? Like, I'm quarantined at home. I can't go to the gym because I'm high-risk, my wife is high-risk, my mom is high-risk, etc., right? Uh, so I can't really go to the public gym. You know, I have ADHD, and that usually means I have poor impulse control. And I'm I'm working from home, which which means snacks are in very close proximity, right? So I have definitely been eating, you know, just like a dumpster truck, like a a garbage truck. And just, I haven't had a chance to to work out or anything, and it just sucks. Like, I miss being able to do cardio. I miss being able to hit, like, the elliptical and everything. And I, I suppose, like, if I was really motivated, I... Could find a way to kind of work around that, and I'm, we're still kind of working on that, trying to find some like home workouts we can do. But, I
2: would recommend just doing um, HIT routines on like you can find tons of different ones on YouTube. That's H I I T. Um, it's just like super crazy cardio. They don't usually they're not usually very long, but they they work.
1: We tried. So we tried a Tybo thing and that mm-hmm. was a little too fast paced and a little too advanced for us.
2: Yeah, with the, the hit ones you can find ones that are um, for like beginners and stuff. Okay. So it's usually like you'll do maybe like 30 seconds of like jumping jacks and then like 30 seconds of like sit-ups or something like that. Like it's yeah. broken down like that and they usually like you can find routines that are really short. So if you don't yeah. have a lot of time, it's a good one to get in to just get your, your heart rate going and get your, your cardio in. And...
1: Yeah. And, of course, like, you know, my wife's love language is food. That's how she mm-hmm. says I love you.
2: Right. And,
1: like, my heritage, like, my heritage goes back to, uh, I think, like, uh, maybe, I'm trying to think of what it is. Like, Dutch or German, something like that. It's like, I don't want to say Norwegian. I feel like that's completely wrong. <laughs> but but basically, everybody in, in my family, especially on my mom's side of the family, where I think I get more of my genes from, everybody on my mom's side of the family, like, were kind of built like the dwarves from, like, Lord of the Rings. You know, short, stocky, kind of stout.
2: Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: No neck. <laughs> you know, like, I lucked out. I have a little bit of a neck, but, like, you know, <laughs> I know some of my relatives who are just like, it's a head on shoulders.
2: You guys should just, like, totally rock that vibe then. Like, start, yeah. like, growing out your beard and, like, braiding it and stuff.
1: You know, I've, uh, I have grown out my beard. My beard, you know, because, again, quarantine. Like, it's, it's not like I can go get it cut or anything. But I've actually been wanting to, uh, to start over a little bit with my hair and everything, because, like, I have really just been digging, like, the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey aesthetic, and I really want to do something like that. I really want to do something with some, like, pigtails or something, so I'm thinking what I'm going to do here soon is just cut all my hair off, right, shave the beard in full, and just kind of let everything grow sort of from the beginning, and Uh just kind of grow something out that I can be a little happier with.
2: That sounds fun. Yeah. I can't handle having short hair. It like like anytime I've had my hair cut short, I have like nightmares about my hair <laughs> for like months on end until it grows to a length I can handle. Yeah. See, the- I just, I, I'm not made for short hair, and it's not that it looks bad. It's just like. I'll look in the mirror and be like, who the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> the
1: the thing with me when I grow my hair out is eventually I reach a sort of in-between period where it's not quite short and it's not quite long. And it's basically Eddie Guerrero's haircut here.
2: Gotcha. You know,
1: it's kind of a mullet. It's kind of... Natural mullet. Yeah. <laughs> but when my hair does grow out, you know, it can look really gorgeous. Not to, like, toot my own horn or... Or anything, but like when when I had my long hair, you know, in high school, every single girl I know was like I'm so jealous of your hair.
2: Right, right.
1: And they would ask me like all the time Oh a
2: drop kick to the neck shoulder area, jeez.
1: That's pretty rough.
2: Just like a height thing, I guess. <laughs> you, don't, you don't typically see that. It's usually Mm-mm. to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> but he was standing very close to him and, and ended up kicking him in the neck.
1: Now here's Guerrero with a with a Boston crab of his own.
2: It's actually more like a lion tamer. It's like, there we go. It's like...
1: It looks like his opponent has one hairy leg and one not hairy leg.
2: I think it's just the shadow. Maybe. Like lighting is making the the hair on the one leg seem more prominent. Yeah. Yeah. Not used to seeing wrestlers with hair. Like body hair. Yeah. I I feel they they all shave for the most part.
1: Yeah. But uh, Guerrero taking control here, looking for a for a power bomb, and he's got it oh. <sighs> <sighs> you know the one thing I, I have missed about quarantine other than like working out and everything is. Uh, going to shows, going to, like, toy and comic shows and everything.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a long time before those are are really back in full swing. I I do, um, I missed, we're missing, like, Toy Con and stuff like that, which is hard, and uh, our beach vacation got canceled, I believe. It, It keeps going back and forth, but, um... It's an area that if you you go there you have to quarantine for two weeks afterwards Ooh. and uh, no thanks we're, we're going with people that like can't do that so yeah. <laughs> they have to go to work like actually into a building to work they're not yeah. working from home so we're, we're <clears throat> we have plans but we have to like had to like alter everything yeah It'll, it should have a similar vibe. Yeah, but it'll missing the beach for sure.
1: Yeah, you know I think you'll you'll appreciate this. Leith. So about a, a weekend or two ago, we uh, we were you know out uh, taking some time to get out of the house, and of course we're we responsible when we go out. We wear you know we wear our masks, right? So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, folks, make sure you wear your masks. Uh, be responsible. So, uh, you know, we we went out. We went out to a mall uh around my hometown Lancaster, and uh, in that mall they have a sort of uh, old video game store. Mhm. And the store also has a couple toys and some other things. You know, some various sort of nerdy odds and ends. But one of the things they did have was a bridge playset. For Star Trek the Next Generation.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I actually need that. I don't think I, I don't have a bridge one.
1: Like the actual full bridge. It comes with like sounds and everything. I'll see if I can Oh, that's awesome. Maybe I can find a picture of it online here and drop it in our Facebook chat.
2: I, I almost picked one up at Toy Con the one year, but we were buying so many other Star Trek things on this like like we had like bags full of ships. <laughs> various things. I'm just like, I don't think I can handle it. Like, like I don't think I need this one, one extra one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and this one was like still. Uh, I don't think it was like, uh, say like mitten box or anything, but they definitely still right. had the box.
2: Oh, nice, nice. I take everything out of boxes, so I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm not, like, that kind of collector. I want to be able to play with the toys. It's like, unless I'm buying the, the toy for the packaging, specifically, <laughs> I will take it out of the box. Like, I have a, a Willow figure that I'm keeping in its package, because it's just kind of like a little jobber guy. I think it's just like a little trooper of yeah. some sort. Um, but the the package is, like, the reason I wanted it, because it has, like, artwork of all the different characters <laughs> on it.
1: God, remember Willow, everybody?
2: You better remember Willow, and if you don't remember it, like, watch it now, and then, like, 300 more times. <laughs> it's on, uh, Disney Plus. Really? You have the access to that, yeah. I'm not sure why, <laughs> exactly. I what? guess just whoever... It's, I think it's a Lucas, yeah, I think it's a Lucas film. Yeah, that might be, that would make sense, because it was uh, uh, Ron Howard.
1: Yeah. So I just, I I just dropped that playset in our Facebook chat, and I was showing that to my wife, and she's like, I might need that.
2: Yeah, your wife is awesome, and you should probably get it for her.
1: (laughs) I probably, probably should. Going to the top rope.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Only two hundred and fifteen dollars.
1: The one, the one at the store was maybe like eighty or seventy. Right.
2: I think. That's fun. I have like, I have like the mini um, playset of the the Enterprise that has like that the bridge set up, but they're all like super teeny.
1: Ah. Uh, like one of those pocket play sets.
2: Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a like a micro machines or action fleet, but it's the Star Wars one. Or Star Wars oh my gosh. Star Trek One. <laughs> and I'm blanking on what it's called because I'm old. <laughs> my brain does not work when I want it to. But I have quite a few of those play sets that are like various ships, and they open up, and they'll have like the little the little characters <laughs> in them. That's pretty cool. They're really like they're really nice uh, size wise. Like they fit nicely onto like a small shelf. Mm.
1: Yeah, those are those are pretty cool. And you know, I'm I'm a collector too, and like I. Generally, uh, I th- if if I can help it, if I can uh, afford it, you know, I usually try to get like two, one to get out of the box, like you were talking about, and one to sort of keep in box. Uh, right. You know the the big thing right now that I'm working on collecting is some Power Ranger toys, uh, the new Lightning collection from Hasbro, and that has been. Uh, a little difficult, just because with the quarantine and everything going on, Hasbro hasn't been shipping a lot
2: mm. you got the audience on their feet. everybody's on the outside, which is always fun that, That's a fun way to wake up the crowd for sure <laughs> <laughs> just slam a guy into fencing right in front of them <laughs> they'll They'll start paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. There's leaps to the outside. I am fine with them when it's like a pay-per-view situation. Mm-hmm. I don't much care for it when it's like an every show situation. <laughs> <laughs> like, save it. Save it. Make the pay-per-view special again. Like, when you're doing, like, all your, your crazy high-risk maneuvers on every show you're booked on, it's like, okay, this is getting old. Like, you don't want that. And right. And you're just going to have to try and top yourself for, like, pay-per-views or anything else to get people invested again. So it's just like, just save all that stuff for a bigger event, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's about pacing.
2: Yeah, like, you don't need to do, like, suicide dives every time you're in the ring. It's just it's unnecessary. Oh, we got blood.
1: We got a little bit of blood.
2: Now now Guerrero's gonna get it.
1: Guerrero up. Big hurricane rana. But he counters. And another counter.
2: And we're there it is. So fun! <laughs> great match. I know
1: we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about this particular match, and uh, more just focused on nerdy things. But
2: <laughs> as it as it happens sometimes. Yeah. But that was fun. That, that was, was a, fun a great match.
1: match. Yeah. Little
2: flag going. He's so happy. He's like, "Yeah, I did it." <laughs> <laughs>
1: With his blood, sweat, and tears.
2: At least blood and sweat. I don't know about tears. I didn't see any. (laughs) All the the people in the the audience trying to pet Eddie Guerrero as he walks by. That's a little weird. I think that that part of wrestling makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) It's like I get it. They're like larger-than-life personas, I guess. I don't know. I don't get the whole, like, celebrity worship type thing, I guess. It, like, freaks me out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you do know he's just, like, a dude, right? (laughs) (laughs) Petting him won't give you, like, superpowers. (laughs) It'd be cool if it did. But, unfortunately, that's just not how that works.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now we get a Macho Man Randy Savage interview, which is... Oh,
2: man, that Lisa Frank jacket... (laughs) I don't think you can call it anything else.
1: That is gorgeous. You know, it was already pretty on-brand for Macho Man with just the, the colors and the tiger stripes and everything. But mm-hmm. then to have the gold on it, too. This, this is great. And he just quoted Toy Story. <laughs> Fantastic. And we're, we're just quoting Toy Story in this whole thing. I love it. God bless you, Randy Savage.
2: He knows what the kid's like. Lisa Frank and Toy Story. <laughs> He's got it down. <laughs> like, I feel like he should be a sticker. There should be a sticker of him in this outfit. To, to put in my my collection. Got get it. The, the Macho Man Lisa Frank jacket sticker.
1: I I love Randy Randy Savage's outfits.
2: Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like pops back <laughs> that is great <laughs> It's like such a macho man thing to do <laughs> So funny <laughs> that, like headpiece is crazy. Oh, Santa Grammy's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: a pretty cool headpiece.
2: It's like, almost like, like, I don't know, like a warrior type.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And now we get uh, Randy Savage coming out.
2: Oh, the foam cowboy hat. Sweet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love Randy Savage. Randy Savage, I mean, this really just goes to show that Randy Savage deserved so much better. In his WCW run.
2: Yeah, like I figure, pretty much everybody did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Santa Grammy, the Macho Man Santa hat—that's adorable. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs>
1: Actually both of these guys are wearing some pretty great outfits. I really wonder how Randy Savage like designed his outfits.
2: There I feel like there's got to be like a documentary somewhere about that. <laughs> some some part of that is listed somewhere Like ref trying to get between them like this <laughs> like shove his whole body between them. <laughs> They both have such vibrant gear.
1: <laughs> they really do. It's it's really good gear. I uh, kind of miss wrestlers having just rainbow gear. That's something we need to bring back. I
2: feel like some have. I don't know. Everything's so different now. It's hard to tell when when wrestling comes back in full. I feel like it's going to be a very, very different creature than exists prior to uh, pandemic. It's a lot of a lot of people are going to be missing, but we might get a lot of new players. Who knows? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there, there certainly might. There is an opportunity for a vacuum to be created.
2: That seems uncomfortable. One <laughs> of oh, those guys that are like just willing to take these like awful like positions and bumps just to to make this show that much better. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: what I what I love here is how well this guy is playing off Savage. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they're definitely working well together.
1: Yeah. That's uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin. In the ring with uh, Randy Savage. he's actually still competing as of 2019
2: This is not surprising <laughs> I feel like uh I don't know I would say Japanese wrestlers seem to have a longer longer in-ring. shelf life Yeah in ring they they but I don't know why <laughs> like what the difference is cuz they are not It's not like they're l- any less brutal.
1: But, I mean, good for him.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't know if it's just the drug culture during this time period was more prevalent in the States. That it kind of mm. screwed up a lot of the wrestlers with... And not just, like like, steroids and stuff, but, like... Painkillers and cocaine and whatnot.
1: Yeah, he was also in a in a video for uh, "Yana Oshi Good Vibration" by Japanese metal band Sex Machine Guns, which sounds amazing.
2: Yeah, and those they, they do seem to do a lot of like cross. Uh, promotional stuff in Japan. Like, you see, like, Okada and, like, a lot of commercials and mangas and various shows and video games.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Big headbutt. I mean, dude comes down with, like, a pretty pretty amazing, like, devil horn warrior headpiece. That's pretty metal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then rainbow tights, which yeah. is fantastic. Although I keep thinking his logo on the back is, like, a thong sticking out of his pants. I'm like, oh dude's got a whale tail, but it's it's literally just his logo.
1: <laughs> oh, dude's got a whale tail.
2: <laughs> I, I think they, they made the horns too long or something, so it looks like yeah. underwear. <laughs> yeah, I can from see a that. distance. <laughs>
1: Big elbow drop from the macho Aww. man. And there it is, Randy Savage is your winner of this match. Pretty great match there. It oh. seems
2: whenever you bring the Japanese wrestlers in the the pay per views like ratings go up. <laughs> hmm. I don't know why that is. <laughs>
1: So we're, we're all tied up here. New Japan Professional Wrestling, three points. World Championship Wrestling, three points. So the World Cup of Wrestling is all tied up.
2: So much slow mo. What was heenan? <laughs> he's he's too mad. He's dropping stuff, knocking chairs over. <laughs> what the heck? What is he doing? Oh, that's so
1: funny. And Bobby Heenan just <laughs> not sure how chairs work. And here comes Mean Gene in the back. So what do you think of the World Cup of Wrestling so far, Leah? It's
2: been solid. Take away Luger and everything's great.
1: (laughs) Now, do you think the Luger match was worse than the Johnny B. Bad
2: match? I will say I remember the Luger match better than the Johnny B Bad match, so it probably wasn't worse. That's usually like how my brain works. Like if a match is terrible or just really boring, I just forget it. Like it's like erased <laughs> from my mind. It's like I remember like Johnny B Bad coming out and stuff, <laughs> but like I don't remember the match itself. Rick Flair's got like a personalized Gold's gym shirt. It's interesting. I used to belong to a Gold's gym. I actually really liked it. It was they had like a section for like for women specifically. <laughs> so if you didn't <laughs> want to work out like amongst the men, you didn't have to. Sure. Like, a little privacy area to do, like, your, your strength stuff. And then you'd go upstairs to do your cardio, and they had, like, the TVs attached to all the machines. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, now Leah, uh, as, as, a, as a woman or as a girl or... I'm trying to find the best way to phrase that... Uh, <laughs> Like, when, when you went to a gym and worked out publicly, did you feel more comfortable working out in private, like, kind of away from the dudes? Or or was there, like, a specific preference or anything that you had? Or did it just kind of depend?
2: I am just a socially awkward person. Sure. So I prefer to do everything just kind of by myself. So, like, if I would use the, the privacy, like, I would go into, the, like, the private rooms when I could because then I didn't have to, like... Like I could be alone because usually there weren't any, like there wasn't anyone else in there because everybody would be out on the main floor. So I always feel like everybody's like staring at me, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's more just because I'm awkward. Like I don't like being around other people too much. <laughs> but like at the the gym I go to now, it's it's pretty small, so you can't really like get away with that so i usually yeah. just try to go at times when it's like less busy just so i have access to all my machines sure um i don't feel intimidated by anyone else like i'm just doing my own thing i don't really care what anybody else is doing uh, it would be nice to be shown some more like lifts and stuff like but eh I guess I, I will never do, like, stuff that needs a spotter, because I don't have anyone to do that for me. So, there's that. But <clears throat> I usually just, yeah, I usually just ignore everybody else. Like, if, I, if I'm there when Dan's there, I'll say hi, and that's about it. And then we go off and do our own stuff. obviously, you know, I'm totally as beefy as Dan Champion. <laughs> I, I do hope to get back eventually to the gym, but I just still don't feel comfortable with everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not safe yet.
2: Like, I'm fine with having to, like wear my mask and stuff like obviously I'm not going to go out without it but I don't know if I feel comfortable wearing it while working out because I would just be a long time in a mask and I'm not used to that Mm -hmm. seeing as I am not a luchador (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know how comfortable that would be I should just suck it up and do it but I'm trying right now to just get my, um, my hip and knee under control, because mm. I keep having issues with that. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like, keeps flaring up on me for whatever reason, and then, like, I try to do my physical therapy stuff. I have, uh, all kinds of resistance bands that I use at home. I have small weights. Um, I'd like to get more weights, but my home workouts are fine for now, like, I don't feel like I need the gym to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really think anybody does, to be <laughs> honest. I think it's just that there's some kind of mentality that goes with with the gym. Like, maybe you, you push yourself harder if you're around other people. I don't know what, what the difference is. Maybe because that's, like, literally all you can do at the gym is work out. <laughs> so you're not <laughs> tempted to just, like, watch TV and be lazy. I don't know. But I try to do at least my physical therapy every day and then uh, been stepping it up little bits here and there with other strength exercises. And once that's like like I'm not trying to do a lot of cardio right now because I've cut my calorie count down quite a bit so I don't really have the calories to burn. Right. And then, like, on days that I do, I usually play Just Dance. (laughs) Like, that's fine. That'll work for now. I'm such, like, a homebody anyway. Like, I don't really go anywhere. (laughs) Even, like, quarantine hasn't really altered anything for me. (laughs) It's like, oh, I don't have to go anywhere? Like, that's perfect. (laughs) Like, I'm totally fine with just being in my house. But I also have a yard, so it's, like, I have that, like, step up from a lot of people that I know, like, because I know a lot of people that live in New York and stuff that don't have access to, like, a backyard of any sort. Right. So it's, like, I have my, my what I've been calling my outdoors time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I g- can go and like sit out, or we can go even go for like a walk. It's not usually like safe enough to do that because anything outdoors is not really a, a risk anyway. Right. You're not usually close to people, and like it doesn't. It's usually like more like the contagions are more of an issue when you're in an enclosed space than when you're outside. Mm. So yeah, out any outdoor activities are. are pretty darn safe to do. So that's basically what we've been looking at. Like, I think we're going to be going to the zoo and stuff like that and probably play mini golf and different things like, like outdoor activities, which is fine. And I'm not one who gets like, like I do fine in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of people complaining about the heat and I'm just like, no, I will never complain about the heat because I, like, pray for it all winter long. (laughs) I'm like, please come back, son. (laughs) And people will be like, oh, it's a mild winter. I'm like, no mild would be like if it was 60 degrees all winter long. That that would be mild. Anything below 60 degrees is freezing to me. (laughs) Uh, Sting's losing his face paint already. That is an interesting. Hol- what would you call that?
1: Uh, a face clutch.
2: It seems so uncomfortable. His shorts are so so shiny.
1: They are. They look like they would they would glow in the dark.
2: Yes. Yeah. They're very um. Like highlighter yellow, yeah, green.
1: Yeah, it's it's very much a a highlighter yellow kind of color.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I like his armbands as well. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. It's like a power wristband. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about the match overall. Like, it's solid. It's just, again, it's a lot. Like, it's slowed down quite a bit.
1: Scorpion Deathlock right in the middle of the ring.
2: And crowds on their feet. Guy in the red jacket just lost his mind.
1: (laughs) And really, this just goes to show, like, how over Sting is, too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily the most over, like, face in WCW at this time. You can see everybody like jumping up, hands in the air. <laughs> what is with Red Jacket Guy? Like, chill out, man.
1: <laughs> and Sting wins the WCW New Japan Professional Wrestling World Cup of Wrestling, winning it for World Championship Wrestling.
2: Alex Wright is out with that sweet earring looking like Vanilla Ice over here.
1: yeah it's a little bit of a vanilla ice look.
2: They did it. But did we have any doubts that they would? <laughs> like did we go into this thinking that new Japan would would have a chance of winning? <laughs>
1: This was, this was a solid concept overall. I I would almost say it kind of needs its own pay-per-view.
2: Yeah. It would have been cool as, like, an annual event. Yeah. I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity, but I don't really know, like, what happened with their relations and whatnot throughout the years. But that would have been really cool.
1: And yeah, that's
2: a that's an actual cup. I wonder who has it now. Like somebody still has to have that, right?
1: Like I would I would hope in their
2: house, maybe.
1: I I would think Sting, if anybody has it, Sting still has it because he's the one who won it, and this was the only year that they did it. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm. I like their, like, they have the special USA-Japan shirts, like the World Cup t-shirts.
1: And Sting is all about the USA.
2: Apparently Benoit did not get the memo to wear his shirt.
1: (laughs) Well, he's he's got to represent his own group, you know, the four horsemen. Oh. You know, it certainly beats the giant, like, ovary statue that they did for the uh, one women's WrestleMania battle royal.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. That was certainly a choice.
2: Oh. They have definitely made some some horrible choices over the years. You can see him carrying the cup in the background. We got it. That's where he keeps his keys now. It's just filled with candy. It's probably what I would do. Triangle matches.
1: So now we're we're doing a quick highlight video package of how how Randy Savage came to be the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, Luger's uh, emergence in WCW.
2: Sting and Luger are still BFFs. Don't anyone ever doubt that.
1: (laughs) And Really, the whole Sting-Luger thing is just, you know... Luger's a bad guy, Sting. Come on.
2: Sting feels like one of those people that would just constantly find himself in abusive relationships, you know, like, just get taken advantage of by, like, literally everybody he knows constantly, but then he still stands up for them. It's just sad. He's very easily manipulated. Sting wants to believe everyone is the good guy. There's no such thing as villains in his world. (laughs) He's not, he's not bad. He's just misunderstood. Would you agree with that?
1: What was the question? Sorry.
2: Is it the, uh, moose? Now, I forget what they just said. (laughs) Most anticipated match in WCW history. Mm,
1: I I could maybe see that up to this point, but I I would almost have to say the the match leading up to... I would have to imagine the match leading up to Sting's first WCW World Heavyweight Championship victory was maybe more anticipated. If I had to guess.
3: Mm,
2: mm. I don't really have any thoughts one way or the other. I feel like I would have to be there at the time it was happening to, to really get a good vibe of it. Yeah. The, the, the audience seems pretty hyped, but they, I mean, the, this crowd has been hyped this like whole show. Yeah.
1: It's been a pretty lively crowd,
2: which always helps the show. That's why like wrestling without audiences is so weird. It's like it really makes like like it gives you a good feel for the show. Like that's why a lot of times they'll go to wrestling cities on purpose because they know that the crowd reactions are gonna be that much better. Right. Like Philly and Chicago, New York. Like those are all all big ones where you know you're gonna get like some ridiculous like crowd reactions.
1: Good or Although bad. I-
2: I do not like, and I guess this is probably stopped since there's no audience currently, but I don't like the, the trend they were doing of, of catching audience reactions.
1: Yeah, that seems a little little weird to just consistently, like, it seems more like they're trying to catch those and prioritizing those over something more important, it feels like.
2: Yeah, it's it's been, it was overdone. Because it's like, they would miss important things in the match to show the audience. And it's like, no. Like, you go to the audience when there's, like, a lull. Or, like, you know there's going to be a rest hold. Or there's, like, some kind of situation that you need to, like, kind of just get off the in-ring action for a moment. Whatever. Like, just not every five seconds trying to find, like, Miz girls and (laughs) that, like, Undertaker guy. Like, So, those reactions are, are a lot rarer than you think. <laughs> Not everybody's going to be a meme. Aw, oh, Sting didn't even get to like, redo his face pain, man. He just had to come <laughs> right back out. That's rough. It's like, wrestling twice is rough in and of itself, but he's literally like just twice in a row. He had like maybe five minutes. (laughs) Like Get some water, go to the bathroom, come right back out.
1: So this is why the triangle match is really weird. They can only have two people in the match at the same time. And somebody has to tag out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's weird. That's overcomplicated.
2: And, like, why would you tag out? Yeah. Like, uh, I guess it's going to have to come down to, like, like, if you're really getting your butt whooped and you're almost beat, then you tag out. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling there will be shenanigans with people tagging themselves in mm-hmm. at some point. It's just, I don't know, the, the, those ones are always kind of awkward. Like, I've seen tag matches and stuff like that where you'd have to, like, tag the other team that isn't your team, and it's just, like, it's always so weird. Oh, ah, seeing how to go in first too? Jeez. They're really just not giving him any kind of a break, huh?
1: Not at all, but he is going for that Scorpion deathlock
2: early. Oh why not? <laughs> <laughs> He's tired. He wants to go home. Get some dinner. It's like a lump on like Ric Flair's back that I can't stop staring at.
1: Yeah, he's always kinda had that as far as I know. We've we've noticed it before in other shows.
2: It could be like a million things. It's just for some reason my eye is especially drawn to it in this match. <laughs>
1: And Flair with a big arm wrench there. And there is certainly some I mean, they have built some animosity between Sting and Ric Flair since Halloween Havoc, you know, since that mm-hmm. all went down. But I mean again, like between this and his friendship with Luger it it really does make Sting just look like the world's most gullible guy.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's terrible with that. <laughs> Like, he's, he's just a fool. But we love him anyway. That's probably why people love him so much, because he's just... He seems so innocent. He's always willing to give people the, the benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> At least they're giving him a rest hold, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that woke Sting up. Hmm. Big hip toss.
2: I don't like that they're giving Luger so much rest time. Like he's gonna he's gonna come in hot, right? <laughs> if he ever gets to come in. <laughs> if he ever
1: gets to come in, that's right.
2: So now, I don't think I would want to leave somebody in that position either. Strategy here is, is crazy. That was a weird, like, almost botch, kind of botch. Like, even if Flair hadn't stepped aside, I don't think he would have gotten hit by that. <laughs> that was weird. I don't know. it was just the camera angle. I mean, if I was Sting, I would just tag out for now. Take Take a break. Sheesh. I'm getting tired just watching them. (laughs) (laughs) Commentary. It's just like, it feels... I'm going to have to say boring. (laughs) Like nothing's really (laughs) happening. These two have been in the, the ring too long for... For nothing to have been accomplished or changed or altered. Oh, the ref didn't see him go over the top. Of so course he, he, he didn't. There's no disqualification there. That is the dumbest rule.
1: Very dumb rule. I mean, and this is already kind of like a dumb setup for this kind of match. It should just be like what we would know today as a, a regular triple threat match.
2: Mhm. Well, I feel like, like... I mean, WCW always tried to come up with interesting ideas and different match types and sometimes they worked and sometimes they just didn't.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, there's no motivation for anyone to tag out. Like, that just would be a a bad move like <laughs> why would you ever do it you could just have a one on one match and get it over with it's just kind of like and it, it gets like a little frustrating to watch cuz it's like you're expecting things to happen but nothing's really happening and it's just like a regular match more or less.
1: yeah it's just it's it's such a weird setup because it means you know again somebody's kind of just stuck on the outside and there's no real motivation for you to want to tag out
2: no like it's just oh it's just a regular match (laughs) and then there's just some one frustrated dude on the outside more or less And if you tag in Luger at this point like he just has full advantage. Yeah. He's fresh, everybody else is exhausted.
1: But, you know, it really goes to show just how great uh, Sting and Luger, and even Savage at this point, you know, their their overall stamina, being able to wrestle, you know, twice in a night, that's not something just anybody can do.
2: Right, of course. And to do it with the, the same amount of energy you had in the your your first match.
0: i tell
2: you Oh, I can't knock Luger over. <laughs> You too strong, boy. And again, they're all like that same like shade of hot dog.
1: <laughs> that sort of like, uh, off the grill but not quite charred look. Mhm. Because again, tan.
2: So tan. And I guess that's just to, to emphasize the, the muscles. The, the tan look is what makes the, the muscles look more obvious. I don't know. Like, I know anything about, like, bodybuilding.
1: I don't know. I think, I think being tan just has, like, I don't necessarily know that it makes muscles stand out any better, necessarily. Because, I mean, look how good Alex Wright looked in his match. Like there's, he definitely had some definition without being tan.
2: Yeah, I just know not like if you look at like any like pro, like professional bodybuilder thing, they always have like the the super fake tan, like shiny tanness. It's weird. It's like so unnatural looking. <laughs> Yeah, this match is just not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like keep zoning out.
1: Do you think do you think it would be a better match if it was just a straight triple threat?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. It's just like it's basically like a tag match with one extra guy.
1: Yeah. It's a handicap match. It's I keep saying it. It's just it's a mess. It's a really messy kind of nonsensical setup for this match. Because right. if, if you're a competitor in this match, arguably you want to stay in this match as as much as possible, because that guarantees that you have you know a shot at least. Yeah, right? you
2: can't you can't win it if you're on the outside, just waiting your turn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so, like, I don't know, it's dragging...
1: But, I mean, the match has at least featured some solid action. I mean, all three of these guys on their own are decent enough to carry a match. You know, we...
2: Yeah, I it just it's just, it's like it's dragging. Yeah. Because it's just, there's not as much as you are expecting to happen considering the, the setup and all that. Like, it feels like there should be more shenanigans by now or something. And, of course, like, Everybody's so tired at this point. (laughs) The audience is tired. The wrestlers are tired. (laughs) Flair is probably all right. But that's about it. And there's been a lot of these, like, hold spots in that that just slow everything down, too. Not sure how, like, flexing makes you power up, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess if that works for you.
1: Big suplex back into the ring, though.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. That was a weird, like, setup, too, because it's like, you know they're never going to do that, like fought to the outside. It just doesn't happen. (laughs) I, I guess some people are still fooled by that. Come on, something's going to happen. they smacking each other around a lot.
1: I find it funny that Flair is wearing red and yellow boots.
2: Yeah, very Hogan-esque.
1: Yeah. That
2: was, like, confusing me this whole time, to be honest. And Sting is very candy corn, even his tights. It's like the the candy corn scorpion,
1: and Flair's just deciding he's gonna go after, kind of kind of after both of them, but he's just gonna go ahead and tag Sting in, and now it's best buds,
2: they got a fight. Oh man. This is the moment everyone's been waiting for, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, and really, this should have been... This maybe should have been the moment that they had Luger kind of turn on Sting. Like, just full on.
2: No, but they're best friends forever, no matter what.
1: Like, given this this whole storyline, you can't fault Hogan or Savage for being paranoid of Luger. Because he has shown that, yes, he is going to turn his back on them. Right? Like, Hmm. as, as much as it pains me to say that Hulk Hogan is right about anything, this much he's at least right about.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. i imagine everybody's on, on the side of Sting here. Yes, yeah, Sting. So I would hope so. <laughs> Sting's
1: really kind of over. I mean, Flair is you're you know, Flair is always kind of going to be over, right? But Sting is is really, I mean, the iron is hot on Sting. Like the crowd is into him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: big kick from Luger and some some clubbing blows there With a Manhattan drop, but Sting counters with a clothesline. Now, Leith, we know we know you're a big fan of like heel tactics in wrestling, but how do you feel about friend versus friend?
2: Well, I mean, it's a match, so they should just beat each other up. <laughs> <laughs> like, they can go out for like stakes afterward or something. I imagine that's what friends do, right? Right. <laughs> Unless they're like vegan, and then they could go out for like grass.
1: What? Whatever it is that vegans eat.
2: Maybe it is a shoe. <laughs> Maybe we don't. We don't
1: bear in we clown, but we don't bear any ill will to the vegans out there. Uh, no. Uh, you know that's do do whatever it is, you know that that you're into common sense uh
2: no my my only thing is like i could never be vegan because i go to extremes with stuff and i would have to like look up the ingredients to every single food item i eat and i would be like oh well this red dye number four is actually an animal byproduct so i can't have it (laughs) like i i just i can't not go to that level and i don't know why (laughs) But then there's, like, some people that do, and I'm like, well, you're not really a vegan because you drink that tea that has, like, raspberry flavoring, and that's an animal product. <laughs> so you're lying to me. You yeah, know, The same with, like, people who are, like, straight-edge, but then they drink coffee, and I'm like, no! <laughs> like, that is not straight-edge. That is still a drug. <laughs> you're wrong, sir. <laughs>
1: like, I... I could never go vegan or vegetarian just because, you know, I I like bacon and steak and a lot of other meats.
2: Yeah, I try to go more like local and just stay away from like uh like the the more corporate farms and stuff that actually are much not so kind to the, the poor animals. I don't appreciate that, but you know I do it again, although of course, with like quarantine and everything, it's like you take what you get, you know, yeah, I'm not gonna turn down like free food that like like i've uh like my father in law works for a grocery store, so he brings us groceries every week. Mm. Like I'm not gonna say no to any of that and I'd much rather eat it than waste it because I feel like that's a bigger crime than like if the animal's already sacrificed been sacrificed and and all of that, like I would rather consume its flesh than throw it out. Like that <laughs> seems more offensive in my mind. <laughs> well
1: okay, that's that's pretty metal to say consume its flesh. <laughs>
2: That, that is just more or less my beliefs I'd rather yeah I'd much rather consume its flesh than toss it in the garbage like I've seen people do that and I'm just like how is that any better like if, if the meat is put in front of you and you waste it like is that better than just like con- like just eat it I don't know like <laughs> it seems more more hurtful to waste it I guess But that might just be my my interpretation of the world.
1: <laughs> Big boot from Sting there, though. Speaking of shoes, bringing it back. And them. Yeah. <laughs> and Sting looking for the scorpion deathlock. Can't get Lex over. Luger grabs the ropes.
2: I thought I said no blow at first. <laughs> like, it's a blatant no blow. Like, what does that mean? <laughs>
1: Luger with the whip. See, it doesn't do Ric Flair any favors to just be sitting there on the outside watching.
2: But he's Flair, so you got to think he's got some strat coming up where he's going to wait until they're like both too tuckered or knock each other out and then tag himself in and then yeah. steal a victory or try to. That would be my, my guess. That would be very in-character. Now, I see, could be wrong. <laughs> I, I
1: think I think this is where the Flair Anderson feud should have ended. We should have that should have gone till Starcade, and this should have been the 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 match between the two.
2: Just love pitting best friends against each other.
1: Well, and then that way you can keep Flair out of the title scene. And you can move Sting or Luger onto the title scene because obviously Savage needs to have have some sort of surgery or something done, right? Because he's injured, you know. And then that way you can put the title on somebody who's who can be there while you don't have Savage and Hogan. And then you have a built-in challenger with Flair because
2: oh, here we go. Oh. Here's some shenanigans. Refs yep. down.
1: Flair going, what's he doing? Oh, chop
2: block! Everybody's outside the ring. Flair's all like, "What? What's going on, yo?" They count them. Good, good times. Waiting for some. It took way too long to get to the shenanigans, but I knew it was gonna. There's no way you have a match like this without shenanigans. I'm sorry. (laughs) And there you have it.
1: And Flair wins on a countout. Luger cost him the victory. I knew he would have
2: a strategy.
1: Is that anticlimactic? Do you think that's anticlimactic for this match?
2: For as long as it went on, especially, yeah, I would have been, like, annoyed to have paid to see this. It's what basically more or less what I expected was going to happen. And
1: it's so, like, it, it doesn't even make sense for Luger to have done that, because if he had just let Sting into the ring, he could have still had a chance if he got tagged back in.
2: Nah. Nah.
1: And again, at this point, Sting, why are you friends with this guy? Kick this dude to the dirt.
2: There are a lot of little old ladies in this audience, VT-dubs. Yeah. They're like, and not just like, they're being dragged there, like they're loving it. (laughs) There's an
1: American flag under the ring.
2: You're not supposed to see that. Oh. That's a surprise for later. No, I have no idea.
3: <laughs>
2: the one lady in the front is so fancy. She has like a million necklaces. She's got her makeup and her hair done.
1: There's a lady a in the front wearing like, black turtleneck. wearing like a red sequined mask.
2: Yeah, I saw that. There's some interesting people in this audience. Like I want to know their story.
1: And we're going to go back to the commentary booth. and we're getting ready for the main event. Yeah, uh, Leith, I think you're right. I think it took way too long for any sort of heel shenanigans to happen, and even when it did, it was anticlimactic.
2: Yeah, like, I knew, like, I knew what the outcome was going to be, but, like, with all the buildup and for it to be, like, just, like, a double count-out, like, that was kind of, like, a letdown. I knew there would be, like, heel shenanigans and I had, like, all that, but it seems like there was a better way to do it.
1: Now, now let's say you're Sting. Do you kick Luger to the curb after this?
2: I mean, if I was Sting, I would kick Luger to the curb immediately. Sting has, he's just... So tolerant and patient. Like he, th- There's no face that's more of a good guy than Sting.
1: Like, your best friend in the whole world legitimately costs you your opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. And
2: Sting's just going to be like, it's okay, bro. I know you didn't mean it. Let's go get them steaks.
1: Kick that dude to the dirt. Just keep him out of your life. Sting, you got to wash that man right out of your hair. Oh, that's a
2: reference and a half. Jeez. And send him (laughs) on his way. Used to play that song on the piano. (laughs) Yeah. fun times. (laughs) We're not allowed to get ready to rumble anymore, are we? (laughs) Guy, could you imagine if it was like Stinger Luger and they'd have to wrestle a third time? (laughs) (laughs) Like, set this all up, like... Like, if you really paid attention to, like, the booking of this show, you knew who was going to win from the the very beginning. The fact that uh, Flair was the only one that didn't have two matches. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course he's going to win. And Sting especially would have had to wrestle three times in a row with no breaks. Well,
1: yeah, and it, and it totally, again, just goes to show, like, why the World Cup should have been, like, its own thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't care for pretty much, like, anything in wrestling that makes the outcome of a match predictable. And if you just, like watch enough wrestling and know the basics of, like, booking and how things work, you you get those moments where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. It's just, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> like, takes all the suspense out of it. So I, like, usually, like, when I go to wrestling shows, I try not to look at the card ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So at least I'll have the surprise of what's coming next, and I try not to, like, see how things are booked in that. It's like I don't want to be able to predict anything. (laughs) Like I try to I try to help myself in that way by just I just don't look at the card. (laughs) Like I never know who's gonna be there. It's great. It's a lot more fun for me. Macho Man ripping his shirt Hogan style.
1: <laughs> God, Randy Savage is so much better at everything.
2: True that.
1: We've got a collar and elbow lock up.
2: What? Paul (laughs) Orndorff?
1: Mr. Wonderful.
2: Well, he is not happy.
1: He's not. Although I can't imagine many people in his position would be at this point. You know, Ric Flair's (laughs) stable, the four horsemen, being responsible for putting him in that neck brace... And now he's got to watch that man get a, get a World Heavyweight Championship shot. And, you know, speaking of some heel shenanigans, Flair really getting into it with the ref there for a second.
2: So I guess going over the top rope in the corner doesn't count?
1: I think it has to be intentional. So, like, Savage didn't intend to throw Flair over the top rope.
2: Uh, Ah, they're able to tell. Yeah. Oh, there's that fancy lady. She's so fancy. Oh, it's not necklaces, it's like bejeweled like decoration on her shirt. She's like trying not to touch anybody. That's adorable. She's like, please don't hurt me. This guy like hugging Macho Man. That kid definitely went to a wrestling school at some point in his life. Yeah. After after this moment. I mean, made it for
1: me. I would.
2: <laughs> Aww, he's making fun of the little old lady. Don't make fun of her. <laughs>
1: that's, that's great heel shenanigans. Is what that is
2: such a bully.
1: Flair with for, uh, some some s- s- yeah some big knees there to the <laughs> Macho Man. Sorry.
2: I like when Flair uh, uses the ropes for leverage.
3: <laughs> now that's it's something just, you so, don't see. A yeah,
2: lot it's just, it's so smart though. Yeah. there's not another heel that, like, used every trick of the trade like Flair did. (laughs) If you want to be a great heel, that is the man to study. (laughs) (laughs) And most wrestlers want to be heels because, let's face it, they're way more fun.
1: Yeah, you can see how how being a, a heel would be more fun.
2: There are some people that like it feels wrong when they're heel. Like I couldn't imagine like 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 I know Johnny Moran's been heel before, but he's just such a nice human person <laughs> that it's like hard to to hate him. Although I feel the the same way about as uh, his name Francis Wright. Yeah. Who once was frantic. It's like, I know I'm supposed to hate him, but it's so hard to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Flare with a big sleeper hold there.
2: of a weird match when you figure like macho man's injured flair just wrestled <laughs> like, yeah neither one of these guys is at 100 percent, but i mean they're they're certainly putting on a show anyway <laughs> just makes me wonder how much better it would have been if like they were both well rested and not injured <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, certainly it would have been uh, a better match if both guys were in, you know, uh, in the best of shape.
2: Yeah, yeah. But but players really stepping it up with heel tactics and that, both kind of taking advantage of what they can. That's always fun to see because it's like (laughs) I feel like neither one of them could really compete without it at this point. Oh, like in just played. Come on now. <laughs> that, he barely touched him with the megaphone. <laughs> nice. That was some good timing.
3: <laughs>
2: Freaking Flare. Jeez. Wow,
1: that's a crimson mask he's got.
2: Yeah, that's Flair for you. <laughs> he always goes over the top with the blood. <laughs> he can never just do it a little bit, because he knows like, his hair will turn that bright red, too.
1: And Anderson helping him get the victory.
2: Why is it all wet? <laughs> How'd the camera get all wet there? That was weird. <laughs> I didn't see what happened.
1: Uh, probably, maybe like Brian's hair is what?
2: Ah, uh, that could have been. So, something like that. Freaking player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really got that bloodied from a bump on the head with a megaphone. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> Pillman looks awesome. <laughs> he has, like, the best hair, too.
1: Pillman is real, real excited for this.
2: He, he's found his place, man. And plays the champion. <laughs> and though so I don't know if he'll remember winning it. Macho Man's just covered in Flair's blood. <laughs> Whole lot of ketchup. <laughs> One of them's always facing the bag. Like, what is Turn around. <laughs> Ridiculous. There will be no flare interview because he bleeded too hard and now needs stitches. <laughs> Ridiculous.
1: And Heenan is also just as excited. And so the Four Horsemen, this iteration of the Four Horsemen, gets their first championship victory.
2: Hooray, or whatever. <laughs> Wait, that's not what I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> I, I do like this version of Brian Pillman, though. It feels like he finally like found his groove since we started watching. Yeah. It's like they never knew quite what to do with him.
1: And Heenan's all excited about all the parties they're going (laughs) to have.
2: Heenan's so jazzed. Best pay-per-view for him. There we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Leith, what would you give this show? Would you give it a buy, borrower, pass?
2: You know, I might buy it because it, it's definitely got some matches worth studying. Okay. There's a lot of really uh, really good showcases. Sure. Just would skip some of the (laughs) longer... Skip the triangle match completely. And the Luger match, because whatever. Anything Luger's in, I would just skip. But other than that, I would probably study the rest of it.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. I I think I would probably give this a buy, too, just uh, on the basis of... S- the the strength of some of the other matches, you know, right. uh, a, a lot of the the World Cup of Wrestling matches were were really solid, so I, w- I would recommend to buy on on the strength of those.
2: Just would you get the uh, misprinted version or the... <laughs> <laughs> which VHS copy would you like? <laughs> well, with that,
1: folks, uh, we are. Closing out our Starcade 1995 World Cup of Wrestling watch-along. We hope you had fun. Uh, We are going to have some different links in the show notes uh, right now. Uh, So when you're done listening, please check out the show notes. There's some important stuff there as far as just helping to raise awareness for uh, really good causes such as Black Lives Matter. Uh, and just make sure you're checking those out. And y- even if you can't donate, always at least help spread the word because uh, that's real important. And yes, we want to thank everybody for listening. We hope you're staying safe out there. Make sure you're wearing your masks when you go out. And it out.
2: goes over your nose, yeah. okay? Because I've seen so many people that are just like, "No, I have it on. It's fine." Yeah. They like, no, no. <laughs> over the nose. There's a reason the U.S. is kind of a joke right now, and it's because of y'all not wearing masks. Mm -hmm. I would hope anyone listening to our show is not one of those people, but,
1: you know. Make sure you're wearing your masks. Make sure you're wearing them properly. They go over the mouth and nose, okay? Mm, Yes. Wash your hands. You know, just use some common sense, please. And we hope you stay safe. We hope you and your family and your loved ones and everything stay safe and again we want to thank everybody for listening we hope you have a good time bye everybody
2: see ya
0: you dare to challenge me the Dr. Nero Neurosis
2: my savage Nimrod will hunt you down through every chamber Every nook, every cranny. It would take a brain far superior to yours if you hope to combat the evil creatures within my vast domain.
0: For I personally guarantee that you shall not survive. If it is a challenge you want. Then it's a deadly game you'll get!